Counselor Accents Podcast. Two school counselors who love their jobs. Oh, and they happen to have Southern accents too. Bless their hearts. I'm Laura Rankhorn. And I'm Kim Crumbly. And together we are Counselor Accents. You're looking lovely as ever, Laura. Well, thank you. I got this new shirt and I feel like it makes me look either A, like a linebacker, or, which that may be my broad shoulders. That may not be the shirt. Okay, and we're going to blame it on the shirt. Okay. Or B, it looks like I am going to get my hair cut and it's that cape that they put on you when you go get your hair cut. <laughs> I'm going to go, is there a C, both A and B? Okay. All right. A linebacker getting a haircut. Nice. There you go. I think you, you look, look better really... than last week. I can give uh, you that. Barely. But uh, there, that is not saying much. That is not saying much at all. But I don't know if I'm, I'm getting used to life back at school. And I, I will tell you, I, I, I have done a record of days that I have not washed my hair. Well, I was just about to ask if your mom has gotten after your hair with her scissors or because it looks really good. If I told you how many days it's been since I washed my hair, you would not be my friend anymore. So I'm not. I bet you I would. You know, I go a long time. How many days? Tell uh, her. It will be a week tomorrow. What? <laughs> Nothing. That's fine. I do that all the time. <laughs> well, it just was the best hair week ever. I you know what I'm saying? You can't mess with that. And so I started off on Monday and I did my hair opposite of the way that you, you Ooh, had that's part. And I went opposite, which had me, which people were like, what have you done to your hair? But the next day it fell into place like heaven. And every day, now I will say I am probably was, should have redone on Friday, but here it is Sunday. And I'm like, it's almost like, do you remember when on Seinfeld, when Kramer was going to see how far he could go without running out of gas? That is where I'm at. Like, can I go? Keep going. Can I keep going? Can I keep going? It's like, it was just become this, like, how far can I go until I run out of gas? Now the product is Redken. Redken has come out with a new product. That is very, it's it's called um, acidic something, I forget. But it's supposed to be like you use it if like maybe once a month or something. But uh, so I used it and it was heaven. I'm into Redken products right now. Okay. Well, I need something that will keep my hair from getting Southern humidity. Like the red volume. Well, I do Caroline every morning. And so there is a small window here in the South where your hair is going to look good if you're outside. That's right. And it's like October to maybe January. And then after that, you're done for. Yep. So I can fix my hair and spend hours. And then I go out on Carline and and it's it's terrible. Well, and there are new products now that are like, um, that make your hair. Like people are putting stuff in their hair to make their hair have volume in it or make it dirty and one of them I think is called dirty hair oh. and uh the someone said you've got to get this you've got to get this but I'm like no I'll just let mine be dirty I'll just get it for a week you can put it in and it will give you like instant volume I don't know why Wait. I'm giving hair tips when I have gone so long but anyway 
I've got some kind of powder my sister gave me, and that's, I wonder, is yeah, that it? It's, and it's, so it's, a it it's a but it's that big hair. Um, it's not Redken, but it's a big hair or something. Anyway, she gave it to me, and you can put it in, and yeah, it puffs it right up. Cool. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, today well, should have been the day. Yesterday should have been the day. Friday, I wore it back in a ponytail. And I'm still, it just, I, it, I'm, I'm, I'm Kramer. I'm just going to continue to drive this thing. I will keep y'all posted. Well, and I'm not going to waste a good wash on a Saturday. It's no. Be a, and really, I'm not going to waste a good wash on a Friday. Well, anyway, that is, I don't know if I should be proud or disgusted with myself, but it's the longest I've ever gone, unless I have been near death. <laughs> right. Near death. Well, this whole conversation makes me think about that video that we need to release of right before. I mean, we had like three minutes before we had to skedaddle out the door to go speak at ASCA. And what were we doing? Cutting each other's hair. Yes, that's true. We were cutting each other's hair. And I've got the video because not only were we running close on time um, cutting each other's hair, we decided to video it too. Like, and that's when you should cut your hair is when you're fixing to speak in front of hundreds of people. You want to get your hair cut. But was it, looks, it not do a good job for you? This little, this little guy right here, that's you. That's all you. Um, my, my funny hair story is when, is when I was with you and we were. Oh, gosh. This is not where we were. But the alarm. Not this the fire alarm. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, you got another one. Remembered your story, Augusta. <laughs> no, my other hair story is we're in. We were in Alabama. The fire alarms go off, and you are not going to give up the hairdo. You are not. You have. You are in mid do. Yeah. I'm going to have to finish this, or it's going to be ruined for the rest of the day. And I just, I was going to burn with you. I was going to go yeah. down with the Titanic, and we could hear the fire trucks pulling in to the. So when we went out to, I don't remember where we were, but we went to whatever function it was or whatever we were doing. And everybody was like, I think it was a kitchen fire. And everybody was standing outside. And we were like, nope, nope, nope. Not us. Not us. Not us. I was looking at how to tie sheets to get out last minute because I knew you were not going to leave with your hair. I know what hair story you're going to tell. Oh, it's my yeah, favorite. <laughs> not just my favorite hair story. This may, might be my favorite you and me together story ever this was like our first time we traveled together it was it was. <laughs> it was a long time ago yeah you were minding your own business drying your hair in the bathroom <laughs> and all of a sudden the smell of burning hair in my nostrils <laughs> I walk in and you've got three hairs left on your head and smoking <laughs> and you are like holding these burned pieces of hair, and you said, oh, "I just burned my hair. I just burned my hair." <laughs> I was in shock. I could not believe that I had lost so much hair. I mean, I should remembered when I did a baton routine with burning batons that your hair can burn off, but I had forgotten that, and I had taken the the part off of the hair dryer that protects your hair from being burned off, yes. and I am just going to town with it. And well, it just this big clumps of hair come out. It, and it was, we laughed and laughed. I mean, it was like the, 
it was horrific because it was so surreal. It's done. It was like it was done. It's gone. I have this That's big say. Like in true Laura and Kim fashion, do we cry about it? No. Do we panic? No. We could not pick ourselves up off the floor. <laughs> we were laughing so hard. And oh, and I sent you this meme. You had to take me to the hospital. <laughs> we had to drive back to Alabama because I was having my my baby, my one of my this is my lovely. family babies that you hear right I now. I hear one of them. Hear one of them, and and um, I remember being at the hospital, seeing you a meme of the Muppets where he's blowing the hair dry, <laughs> and it was me. And you. Laugh and laugh. Good times. Good times. Good times. I know no one's listening anymore. Nobody wants to hear. They're finished with our hair stories. Yeah. Well, we have, you may or may not have noticed that we have not been having guests on our podcast the past few weeks. And that is because we are, everybody goes back to school at different times. In Alabama, I feel like we start back to school in June. While the rest of you are getting out of school, I feel like we're starting back to school. So yeah. we're in that full on, um, like adjusting to several weeks in now. And other people are starting all across the country and they've been asking us questions. We've got questions floating around out there about things like back to school tips. And so we thought, you know, we really need to take some time and answer the questions that our listeners are asking. And then we'll get back to having guests on the deeper issues and yeah. the um, all the the other stuff. But yeah, it is you're either back or you are getting ready to go back. So we're gonna just we don't have time to answer a lot, but I think all of these are important and um, and timely. So this isn't by any means a complete list. It's just some things that. We seem to, especially this past week, have been hearing more uh, questions up. So we're going to just start with, Laura, we have no order that we're going to do this in. It's just that we'll bring up a topic and we'll only choose five. Is how we're going to play this game. And uh, kind of phrase it into question with one another and jump in at any juncture. Well, and I do feel like we need to say we do have a guest with us today. And it is Clara, your sweet baby, Clara. My sweet little baby, Clara. Here she is. You see the top of her curly, 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 curly hair. Clara is a baby girl genius. She is, how old is she? She is three. But she is mentally like 33. Like I would trust her to balance my checkbook. And and that's what she's working on now. She's balancing the checkbook. And she's in the 180th percentile for height. So she's going to be another Laura. Yay! Children are tall too. So when they're together, it's all very tall, giantesque children. So, well, the the great thing is, uh, well, maybe she will realize she's tall where I do not. I am. You do not. I know. know. You were shocked when I finally told you you're just really tall. (laughs) (laughs) What? All right. Starting off with question one. May I begin? You may. Talking sick kids viewers. Oh, very good. So I think I'm going to start with um, when do you decide to and how do you decide to introduce yourself to the students, Laura? Good question. 
Well, I have several Meet the Counselor lessons that I rotate between each year because I just do the same one. Um, most of the time I do the same one. So if it is my camping lesson, then all of my grade levels get the camping lesson. So I can't really do that two years in a row. Um, right. Now I have before rotated in like the lower elementary gets one lesson and the upper elementary gets another. But um, because we go all out, usually you and I on our first meet the counselor lesson, it's easier for me just to do the same one for all of my grade levels. Um. I will say that if you are in a school that there's a, where there's a will, there's a way. And I was at a high school. I was at when I was had over a thousand students and there was no way I could timely. They you know, I think that's one of those things that you need to get in probably that first month of school. Uh-huh. And uh, so with that many students, it was impossible for me to Right off, you know, that in those high school students pretty much need to know what all you do for them, right? And yeah. um, so I did a Powtoons and it went out, it went out to all the homerooms and they watched it in the homeroom. And the Powtoon, if you're not familiar with Powtoons, we this last week we did um different um, yeah, Google things we use. Powtoons is not a Google thing, but it, it falls under that how to make our jobs easier. So if you're a middle school or a high school, or if you're a school counselor that's stretched thin and you want a timely, where there's a will, there's a way. But I put that Powtoon out and it was so cute because it there were two counselors and I introduced me and the other counselor and I showed where his office was and where my office was and, you know, kind of direction thing and what we did and made it funny and cute. And Powtoons are easy to do. So that's not the only way that you can do it. Um, you might just do a video of yourself talking. Yeah, um, but I know that some schools are stretched thin with there's using one counselor for hundreds of students. It's just ridiculous. But we do. We do know of one school counselor that has well over 600 students. And I have been there where I've had a thousand. There's no way to do that. But yes. So for middle school, I have middle school and I'm doing those same lessons that Laura's doing. Like, um, is the cactus back to school lesson fits in the kids get that and even in the middle school. So some of those we have on TPT and there are other really good ones out there too. Yeah. I am combining my meet the counselor with another lesson this year. So I'm trying to kill a couple of birds with one stone. And what was so funny is we did not talk about doing that, but Mm -hmm. we both ended up doing that because there was another timely timely message that needed to come, go out to our students and it was a concerning respect. So I ended up doing respect and our meet the counselor at the same time. That's the first time I've ever done that. If you have the luxury of not doing that, I would just stick with meet the counselor. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're a newer counselor. Um, yes, for but sure. you want to make sure that you're telling the students um, what basically that you're, that you were there for them no matter if it's not just school, it's at home, it's at on the bus, it's wherever it is you're there for them and that you're a secret keeper unless it's something that will harm them or harm someone else and where your office is and all those great wonderful things. So anyway, so yes, we would do that within the first month and do it however you, best in person, but if you can't, there are other ways and means. Very good. I'll let you start with the next one. 
All right. Question number two. We've had this question asked by a lot of uh, counselors. I also had an administrator reach out to me um, asking how I do my schedule because she was working on her counselor's schedule. And so the question is, how do you set up your schedule for the year? So, Kim? Absolutely. And I had two calls this week on how am I going to set my schedule up? And, um, you know, that is so individual to you and hoping that you're not on a rotation because if you're on a rotation, that schedule is set for you. But um, if you are not on a rotation and you're setting that schedule for yourself, um, for you've got to decide how many times am I going to see the students? And if it's twice a month, if it's once a month, if, if, if it's, you know, every school is different, how are we going to do that? So you're going to have to put that in some kind of schedule format for yourself so you can see it. And then um, what I do is once I set, because I, ha- I have so many new teachers, especially, I will send that schedule out and give them a couple of time choices and um, let let them sign in for when they they what is the best time for them and that good that sheet needs to be live so that you're not duplicating kind of a first come first serve you might even put out the day before tomorrow my schedule will be on choose the time uh, but I want to do all the one grades on one day so whatever day that I, I, whatever day I'm gonna say is the day they need to choose the time for that day so as far as <clears throat> How many times it's according to what grade level and how many students and how you're going to, you know, that that's so individualized. It's hard to say. So I've been working with school counselors and and uh, and just talking to talking through what other things that they're required to do and how much time you have to keep that direct service in in balance with those other things that we we are in charge of doing. So I don't know if that was a very clear answer at all. It was. It was very well said. I think that um, I was thinking in my mind about those hours, you know, the percentages that ASCA tells us we need to stay in balance. And you mentioned that. Um, I will say some people enjoy being in the rotation But Kim and I are not those kinds of people. We do not because I don't feel like we are effective counselors. Kim and I, I do not feel like we are effective counselors whenever we're in the rotation because you have to be ready at a drop of a hat for a crisis situation or, um, you know, if students come to see you. Also, those small groups are necessary. And if you're constantly in a rotation, your time for uh, responsive services is very limited. Absolutely. So that's why we don't like being in the rotation, even though it is an easy way to get your hours in, your uh, percentages. It's not, for us, it's not the most effective way to get your hours in. So back to me, and I am going to say, uh, Laura, there have been a plethora, is that a word? It is. Of behavior issues right off of the bat this year. And a lot of it is um, student diagnosis that they co- they're they coming with. 
and um, we are looked at as um, advocating for all students, including these students that are coming to us with uh, ADHD, with ODD, with um, autistic on the spectrum. And, you know, I have talked and I've had parents who have called me crying already. It's been a week in and I've had, I, because they are literally there. They're not sure what to do. The teachers are not sure what to do. And to be honest with you, most of the time, I'm not sure what to do. But it is a free public education if you're in a public school, and that education is for all students. And so we have to figure out a way to advocate for these students. And I don't know if this is really a question. I guess I'm just saying, just throwing out the idea of what are some things that you're doing to help advocate for teachers, parents, and students when they're coming and um, that behavior is, is impeding education. Ooh, that is a dig. Whole episode. It is huge, but but I think it's because it is the beginning of the school year. New students move in. Some students have do not have a diagnosis, and they 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 do, but they've not they don't know it yet. And um, teachers are overwhelmed, and they look to us to fix that. And I think we have to know where our line is and where it's not. And I think the answer to that question may be, and I'm answering my own question because thoughts are just coming to my head, is that there are people who are specialists in these areas. And I think you get to know those people and you start calling those people and uh, get them in to help. And it is not a blanket answer. I say that each of these are individually, each, each of these students have to have an individual plan because they're all different in what works you know what's going to work for them I will say for my teachers who've had off the right off the bat um bringing in people because we can't be everywhere and do everything but people who know how to set up behavior plans or how to how to look at things differently maybe that the teacher's doing or maybe you know to reroute some of these things but I well, see that as a growing issue it is a growing issue and, and it is, you know, here at the first of the year, you do see it a lot because you have these students, maybe by the end of the year, the teacher before them had figured out kind of some strategies or yeah. to keep them separated from or whatever. Then you've got those students and every year they're put with different kids. Uh -huh. And so, you know, they may have some of the same, but there are going to be things that set those kids off. There are going to be things that set other kids off. And so you're working with this mixed bag of behaviors and personalities and also a new teacher that is going to have to be told, here are the strategies that worked last year, but also these kids are growing. And so things that worked in previous years may not work anymore. Yeah. So it's yeah. Somewhat of a fresh slate every year because you have a different mix of things. So I know that the teachers want to feel heard and supported. And that can be challenging because, of course, we're hearing and supporting them. But at the same time, as solution-minded people, which I believe all counselors are, or we wouldn't have gone into this job, you can reach a point where you think, I don't know of any other solutions. And you can feel 
maxed out. Um, And that's where I think, you know, look to those people that are above you, you know, look at your counseling coordinator, tap into those resources, everybody. One of the first things that you should do as a school counselor is compile a list or ask your counseling coordinator for a list of uh, community resources. Look at that list and see what are some possible solutions right here in this community, places that, you know, maybe you could suggest to the parent or whatever, if you don't have those resources there in your school. And of course, always defer to those people that are above you to make sure that I think we as school counselors want to fix everything. Yeah. And we just have to remember our job is to advocate for students the, to the best of our ability. And sometimes that is finding those resources that are outside and bringing those in or suggesting those resources. So like you said, finding those resources. This is not a problem that is is um, that is just just at some schools. This is everywhere I don't know why I made that such a difficult sentence but it is everywhere and it seems to be growing and I think that we will begin to see more systems put in place in schools and some schools are more are further ahead than other schools I think across the nation some do have already kind of gotten ahead of of the curve on this but um, well, it's a great opportunity it's a great opportunity too if those resources aren't in your school, it's a great opportunity to advocate for those resources to be in your school. If you don't have school-based mental health, then advocate for school-based mental health. Figure out a way to partner. Um, if your mental health facility won't see students with a certain IQ, um, then advocate for equitable resources for those students as well. And yeah, and that's that's a true that's a true statement. What you just what you just yes, said. It is. You can't believe that uh, because you're just like, how is that even possible? But uh, this could be a whole podcast because we deal with this. I will say this: if you are in education and you still think that you're going to be able to teach students like sit down, sit up, get in a row, and we're going to do our work like we see, you know, on um, Leave It to Beaver, it, those days are long over students are coming in it is never before is it more like so individualized because every student is so different I do not know of a harder job than teaching I just Um, kudos to teachers and and we you know we're in there too so we're going into those classrooms so kudos to school counseling (coughs) is it my turn or your turn well you just asked that question and then answered it yourself yeah. Let me add this though. Um, school-based social workers. If you don't have a school-based social worker, that was a huge help to me a couple of years ago and you too. Um, yeah. A school-based social worker came alongside us and, you know, maybe I, I say students are not always a fit for mental health. We don't always need to route a student to mental health. So if you don't have a school-based social worker, then advocate for one, continue to bang that drum and see if you could possibly get that or a behavior therapist. Again, not everybody needs mental health, but having a behavior interventionist or somebody to come in and work that can see all students and not just the ones with a 70 plus IQ yeah, is so helpful. 
And we are going to have Joy Winchester on, and uh, she is one of those resources that can look at those students and give some ideas. But just generally, there are things that just work for students and ideas for teachers. So she will be coming on. She's been on before. We usually don't do, do twice, but this is going to be one of those that we think is very timely. So she's going to be do, coming on. We soon. do twice. We do twice. Olivia came on twice. I did not. No, I didn't say twice. never. I didn't say, okay. I said rarely. Look it up, what that means. Okay. okay. Go. So the question is, how, <laughs> how do we inform teachers about our role? What? How do we tell them what a school counselor does so that they know, um, you know, where we may be bringing in a mental health therapist, where, how do we inform them about our role? And here's the thing, Laura, if we're not telling them what a school counselor does, the teachers, the administrators, they're going to assume you're doing nothing. Yeah. They're going to assume, I wish I had that job. So it's very important for the students and for, for the program that you do let those teachers know what it is that your job, what, what, what it entails. Uh, one of the things which I have not done yet, but we'll have to go out, is our mindsets and behaviors. So they see that we have these standards that we, just like they do, so th those will have to be uh, sent out to my teachers. Um, the other thing is to kind of let them know where your time is supposed to be spent. It is supposed to be spent in responsive services, but not just responsive services, those small group and individual and whole group. You're, you're explaining all of that to the teachers and, and what your job is and what it's not, you know. Um, so use that opportunity because, again, you are a leader in the school and they need to know the importance of what your programs can do. This is where you need to brag on your program, show that data that shows you went from here to there, even if it's good or bad. And I, I would set that teacher meeting up possibly at the very first faculty meeting. There are other things that my teachers have to know right off the bat. And that is how to, what to do with the students in a crisis situation. Uh, so there's a lot of information that needs to go out to the teachers. Uh, and, and I also say the parents. Yeah. So how do you get that information out to the parents? Well, uh, you could make a video and post it on your website. You could um, host a parent meeting. A lot of times at the beginning of the year, a lot of schools do parent meetings, you know, maybe a nighttime thing. Well, ask your administrator if you could be there to share some ideas, uh, to share some things that you do, uh, just to let the parents know. So why don't you talk about what you've done this year with your magazine? Okay. Uh, I had a lot of fun with this. So this was fun. I usually do a brochure. And then I thought, you know, uh, I'm not going to waste all that paper and uh, have that out there. I have a few out at the parent table. But what I did this year was I did a QR code and I connected it back to a magazine that I created on Canva and they have magazine templates. So I used a magazine template and um, I did the all about the counselor page of the magazine and I always wanted to be on the cover of a magazine, but mm -hmm. I did not. I did not. I just felt like that was being boastful. And uh, so because of my beauty and that's not right or fair, I don't, be, I don't want people to be blinded by that. Okay. Right. So, uh, and I'm saying that this week because I don't have that rooster tail up here. 
Uh, I did a picture of the school on the front. And then, you know, I wanted to talk about because I know I'm going to be focused a lot on attendance because our attendance has been bad. So I put in there why attendance is important for students, why routines. I did another page on why routines are important for students and uh, just some things that I wanted to get out to parents. And so um, I posted QR codes so parents or teachers or anybody can pull up that QR code and just read the magazine. Now, what I would like to do is to have at least one copy of that made and have it so you'd have a copy that would look really nice on your desk. People can thumb through. But, I mean, you could just go paperless with this magazine and yeah. just read it like a magazine. Now, there's a two-parter to that. And let me say, because I need to tell everybody this, you create the magazine, but then you have to use a magazine app. Like it's a free that actually makes it into a magazine where you're turning the pages. Oh, nice. Yeah. So the last question that we have gotten is um, about small groups. Counselors are wanting to know right after school gets started, you know, we're itching to get going. So how and when do we know how to start small groups? We are questions, and that is important to know. Um, and some people think it's a while before you can get started with small groups. But Laura, you you always are very adamant about your new student small group. So would that be a small group that you could start? Or are they considered all new, or are these just students who are new to your school? These are just students that are new to my school. So I get that one going as soon as I can. And so I just do a new student small group to let students know, you know, it's how it feels to be a new student and you're yeah. not the only one. There are other people. So yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Um, could you do a coping small group off right off the bat, do you think? Um, I don't know if you could do it immediately right off the bat. Maybe. But I'd say one that you could do right off the bat is attendance. If you've got students that were uh, repeat offenders the year before and even the year before that, if you can see a pattern in their attendance, I would say you could do an attendance small group. I know attendance is a big deal to you this year. So that might be one, uh, a proactive type of small group. Um, the coping skills, I might would... You could, couldn't you? You could do it. If you do any you know, kind of... It would be on past data if you're starting one immediately. Like yeah. students that you know have trouble transitioning or have had what, you know, issues that you still maybe didn't feel like those were resolved at the end of the school year. But, um, you know, every year there's different students who have different issues that come up. And uh, it's one of the things that we said we were going to do pretty quickly was minute meetings. And if you've been following anything with Alabama, you know that we're battling uh, even being able to how we meet with kids and all, it's called opt-in, you know, there's opt-in laws or whatever. So we're having to get all that figured out what we can do and how we're going to do it. So we're still going to do minute meetings. Those can be done pretty quickly. Uh, and once we get those done immediately, immediately after you do those minute meetings, you can see who those students are, who've had things happen over the summer, or who are telling you I'm not coping well. Those are the students you can immediately start meeting with. I call those tier two students. There's not a thing I can do with or better today. Kind of thing. 
And if you've got students that are frequent flyers and, um, you know, your frequent flyers are probably already asking to come see you and are coming in pretty frequently, hence the name frequent flyers, then a great uh, idea for them is to give them a small group. And that may cut down on those individual sessions that you're doing with those students. A teacher referral is huge on on things like that, too. Um, teachers will start to see they're on the front lines we say and they'll start to see those behaviors pretty quickly and ask hey what can we do I would have a coping skills group ready to go so that if they do ask for that you can say oh yeah absolutely I can get this started like this someone had posted um, someone had commented that they are starting instead of having a group weekly once a week for six to eight weeks they're going to do twice a week for three uh-huh. to four weeks. And I thought, man, that is really smart because you are getting that content in more frequently and maybe changing those habits quicker than drawing it out to six or eight weeks. So I thought that'd that was really interesting. Fun. That'd be interesting to see. That'd be yeah. really interesting to see how that data pans out like is it effect is it 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 might be more effective I've I've never I've never done it that way so you know there's no I I guess if you've listened to this you really have to make this your own because your school is your own over everything we've talked about these are all just ideas and we hope to get your brain going and get you thinking and uh about how how you are going to set all of this up so um I think a lot of things that we do if we would the work is the thinking how I'm going to do it. The work is the, once I've decided how, overall how my program's going to look, that's the that's the hard part is the planning and then just start implementing all these things. Yeah. So uh, I hope this gets your brain going. And, and these are just some thoughts. There are a lot of thoughts to a lot of these. Each one of these could be a separate podcast, but there's no right or wrong. And, you know, one of the things is on the small groups, in anything that you do, Time is ticking and it, those days will get away from you, but there's a lot to be done. So don't beat yourself up if it all doesn't just flow the first couple of weeks. I mean, you just got to, I'm saying that to myself because a week yeah. is going by. Well, <sighs> I am so glad that everybody has listened in as you have alligator wrestled, as I like to call it. Uh, they're in the romper room. So, yeah. yes, I have wrestled an alligator and I will show you what she's drawn. Bless you. But I will not show you what she's drawing yet. She did not mean to draw this. It's one of those. It's one of those. I did not mean to draw this, but it yeah. is correct. I have been suppressing laughing. I will show you this in just a second. Okay. I will not subject everybody to this. All right. Well, you can follow us on Instagram. You can, um, you can, I'm sure there are other places where we are. You can I watch. Can see, I can see you. You're worn out from your week of school. You're like, I don't know. Well, and I've got to take my girls to a birthday party and one of them just came running down here in her bathing suit, which is great because normally, you know, they're naked. So uh, people sometimes call that your birthday suit, don't they? Oh, that's true. So I didn't know what you. You can uh, watch these on YouTube most of the time. Um, You can join our Facebook group. We have a course out there and you can, this is a great time of year to sign up for that course. It is autonomous. You can do it on your own. Um, It's called The First 20 Days and it will get you going on a great year. And I think that's it. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye.
All right.